the Devi Debate Draft Profile Show. Quarterback. Standing strong in the pocket, winds up down the field. Oh, he put the biscuit in the basket. When I'm looking at the quarterback position, it all comes down to the feet. You want to see what they're doing in the pocket, whether it's clean, whether they're under pressure, what they do when they get outside of the pocket. Can they make those off-platform throws? How good is their arm? Can they fit it into those tight windows? Running backs. And he's got an opening. Elliott, off to the races. Can they catch him? talking about running back for fantasy football you have to be able to do one you have to be one of two things but preferably both either one you are deployed in the passing game or two you are a tremendous size adjusted athlete those are the only two things that exist on the top of the food chain in fantasy football at running back being able to catch the ball wide receivers you got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Hurt my feelings. So what do I look for when I'm evaluating wide receivers? There are really kind of three or four things that I like to look for when I'm watching these guys. The big one is how do they win? And I want to see a guy that can either win constantly in multiple ways, but if they can't. This is the Debbie Debate Draft Profile Series, and we are starting with the quarterbacks in this episode, Texas A&M's Kellen Mond, North Dakota State's Trey Lance, but we will start with Wake Forest slash Georgia's Jamie Newman. Matt's here. Austin's here. Gentlemen, let's dive into Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman, he is um, obviously transferred to Georgia. He would have been a redshirt senior this season if he had not opted out. He was a three-star prospect from Graham, North Carolina, as a senior in 2015-2016. Not the best season. A 50 percent uh, completion percentage, 1,400 yards. Um, we don't really like to see that completion percentage. I really believe that players, uh, as they develop, just become better versions of themselves. But whatever their baseline is, you can just expect a better version of that. So we're starting with a 50% completion percentage as a senior. Um, coming out of uh, high school, he had offers from, in addition to Wake Forest, uh, Air Force, Appalachian State, Boston College, Duke, uh, so come, kind of the sub-tier uh, Power 5 schools and some of the G5 schools. Didn't start as a freshman. Didn't start uh, as a redshirt freshman. In uh, 2017, he was behind John Walford and Kendall Hinton. Yes, that Kendall Hinton who started the COVID game for the Broncos when all of their uh, quarterbacks were ineligible in 2018, he was in a quarterback battle with Sam Hartman, uh, the true freshman. Hartman was a freshman at the time, and he actually lost the job. 
but uh, Hartman broke his leg late in the season, and and Newman's played the last four games and played well. In fact, uh, eighty four um, uh, com- eighty four completions on on one hundred and forty one attempts for just over a thousand yards, nine touchdowns, and four interceptions in those last four games. And coming into the the two thousand in twenty nineteen, Newman was a bit of a roller coaster, uh, starting off the season hot. Uh, against uh, Jordan Love-led Utah State team and Rice, but then was kind of up and down uh, from there, including really bad games with 45% completion percentage against Virginia Tech, 42% against Clemson, 46% against Syracuse. Um, any analysis of Jamie Newman starts with his physique. He's 6'3", about 240 pounds, ran a 4'7", coming out of college. I would expect him to be somewhere around there if he goes to the combine. Um, and he has some tools. He has some tools. Um, he has a very good arm as far as arm strength, but sometimes his accuracy is just not in the same area code. He has some speed, but if he tries to run laterally, he might fall down on his face. This is a player who, if he was two inches shorter and, you know, 20 pounds lighter, I don't think that we would be talking very much about him. Wake Forest was heavy with the uh, RPO game with him, and that's um, kind of what he what he did well with uh, when when open lanes were created in the passing game as a result of linebackers being sucked up he could uh, complete those passes really struggled down the sideline with accuracy again I mean you're talking about you know you see the ball go in that direction and you don't see where a receiver is you see him uh, hit the receiver's uh, feet on occasion and just being wildly inaccurate he is a player who really needed 2020 um, to and just improve and get additional rep, repetitions um, and we we didn't get to see that I, I kind of wish you that he wouldn't have opted out so we could see um, whether he can, could improve on his on his accuracy uh, RJ young RJ young show called him store brand cam Newton or used to call him store brand cam Newton I can see why you would make that comparison but while Jamie Newman has the physique, he does not have the athleticism uh, to go with that physique uh, for the comparison. I mean, I can see getting him in a camp and have and, and seeing how he develops. But this is not someone who can come in and start uh, on day one or really um, in, in, in their first season, at least in my opinion. Um, so that is my take on Jamie Newman what 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 are you what do you guys think about Newman uh, Austin I um he yeah I, I he's really really weird athletically like when you see his measurements and stuff you expect to turn on the tape and and see him doing some fun things with his legs but he right. he actually gets really overwhelmed by the pass rush at times and part of that's processing too I think he's just not a great processor at this point in time but it was it was pretty crazy. Like he, you could you didn't even have to like do some of the, You don't have to spy him. Like you didn't have to do those kinds of things that you typically have to do with, uh, you know, like what, what you think of as a more athletic quarterback. Um, and I thought he just like, I think his accuracy part of it can be fixed because I think there's a huge disconnect between like his upper body and his lower body. Um, but 
Yeah, I liked him a lot. He definitely needed another year, and he's fallen a bunch for me the past couple weeks. So, yeah, I mean, when you, you like you said, when you turn on the tape, you expect to see um, somewhat of a dynamic player, and I don't know that there's anything that he does at an elite level. You mentioned in the pocket, yeah, and I think that he does lack awareness because you can see um, him get sacked with you know, with just three rushing and it takes like six seconds to get to him and he still gets sacked and he doesn't see, he doesn't see where the pressure's coming from. Um, so, you know, it kind of one of a, 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 where the physical attributes you would expect to be there probably aren't. Um, and his, he's going to go to the senior bowl. So we'll, we'll see what he's been uh, doing over this year. Really, really wish we would have got to see him, especially with JT Daniels not ready to play um, until the end of the season. It would have been good to see Newman, at least what he looked like, especially with those weapons there at Georgia. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think that's my biggest takeaway is I wanted to see him this year with that Georgia team to see if he could improve at all. I just don't – I think his deep ball accuracy is not that good. He seemed to, whenever I watched him <clears throat> with Wake Forest, seemed to force the ball to Surratt a lot, even when he was uh, even when he was covered. And I felt like Surratt was the one doing more of the work there to uh, to get him some of those yards like after the catch uh, to make uh, Newman's stats look good. I, I don't think he's a very accurate quarterback. And the worst part about him sitting out all this year, like I get that he's getting to – train and prepare for the NFL like all these other guys but you know what what is it they always say the the live bullets it's completely different like being out there getting those live reps in game is is going to help you more than just practicing so I, I don't know even if him going to the senior bowl is is going to help him that much I don't where would you think uh, or where do you see his draft capital being because I, I can't see him going anywhere before the fourth round if that yeah, I was gonna if, say, if, he's a day he's a day three pick he's definitely a day three pick just because he doesn't do anything you know, right now that you need to do on an NFL level. Um, he needs the preseason reps, reps. He needs scout team reps um, just to see what he can do. But, uh, I mean, the thing about Newman is is running would have to be a predominant um, part of his game, and he's not a great runner. He's not a particularly um, uh, great runner. And so, well, the, well, then, when, then, then what are we going to do? And if you're not, you know, that great of a passer – I don't know where your place is. So I think that he could do some of the things that Cam Newton done, did around the goal line this year. Direct snap, you know, fullback, uh, uh, get your numbers up front and 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 treat your quarterback like a fullback. But um, I just don't know. I just don't know uh, what he can do that an, that an NFL team would ask him to do. So where does uh, where does he rank for you guys in this class? I mean, it has to be after the top six. It well, has so to be can, after the top, the top six, and I think I would have I would have had Ritter ahead of him. Um, I have him six exactly right now. Um, he, you have you, know, you did say that you have uh, you have Trask pretty low. Yeah, uh, Trask is actually he's bumped up a little bit technically over the past couple of days because Ritter went back and. Um, there was somebody else too that I was like, I think he's going back, and I just, I just moved him down to my my next year. So he's he's bumped up a little bit. He's number seven now, but he's right behind Newman for me. So, all right, Austin, what are you thinking about Kellen Mond? Yeah, so <clears throat> I mean, 
I, I kind of like Kellen Mond. I kind of don't. Um, just some background on him. He was a mid four star kid out of IMG. He's a Texas kid, but but he went to IMG Academy uh, in high school, and he had offers from pretty much everywhere you'd want him from. I mean, he had Auburn, Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, uh, amongst some other bigger name schools as well. He went to Texas A and M and played pretty much right away. He, he started 10 games as a true freshman in 2017 and he really struggled that year, but I think that's kind of expected based on what his profile is. I mean, he, he started out his freshman year, only 51 and a half completion percentage, 1375 yards and an eight to six touchdown interception ratio. So not great, but all the credit to him. He he's really improved into a pretty darn good college quarterback. Um, and he's improved pretty much every year. I mean, his, his completion percentage, it's gone from that 51.5, the next year it was 57.3, then 61.6, and finally settled in this year at 63.3. His yards per attempt went up pretty much in the same fashion, you know, that that linear upward style. Uh, touchdown interception ratio has has gotten significantly better. I mean, he was 19 to 3 this year. So I think that's that's pretty solid. Um, <clears throat> it actually surprised me that he only threw three interceptions this year because he takes a lot of risk with the football, but I think he doesn't know that he's taking a lot of risks with the football. He is like a, like, he's not even a half second late on a lot of his throws. He's like a full second late and it's stuff where he like squeaks it in now and it looks really, really impressive, but it's, it's like, it's not an impressive throw. It's a really bad throw that works out for him. And I think in the NFL, those throws really won't work out for him. So that's a huge thing that I think he has to work on over the next couple of years. Um, some things that I do like about him though, he has a pretty quick release. Um, his, his windup's a little wonky, but it works for him. So I don't really care. I don't think teams will try to mess with that too much. Um, he is unlike Jamie Newman. I think he is a very good athlete. He can move really well in the pocket. Um, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson necessarily as a runner, but but yeah, he's a lot he's a lot better than a lot of guys are. Um, he's got pretty active footwork. Um, he has shown that he can progress through reads at times. He's just slow on it. Um, so that's something that I think if he can improve his mental processing, that's where he's going to probably take a big leap as a pro. So where, where I think that he... I think a team's going to take a shot on him either late day two or early day three. I think that's his range right now. But uh, what, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I don't, I don't know what to think of him. Well, I was going to ask you if we use Jalen Hurts as a benchmark, and you know, Jalen Hurts coming out of um, uh, Oklahoma, would you put him? Would Would you rank Mond as a better prospect or a worse prospect than Hurts? Hurts is such a good runner. You know, like, like I will give him credit. I don't think he's a very good passer, and I don't think he has a very good arm. But his legs. And I think that Mon's arm arm is better than Hurts. I I agree. I think he's got a stronger arm, and I think he has shown more, you know, uh, mental processing wise than Jalen Hurts ever did in college. Um, so I think that is that is something that he has a leg up on right now. I mean, I think he's like a very poor man's Dak Prescott coming out of college. You know, where he's like a see it throw it kind of guy but he doesn't necessarily have the, the instincts and quite the arm strength that Dak does to make that work. If he figures that out, then I think he could become that, that kind of player. I'm just skeptical that that could ever happen. 7.3 yards per attempt for his career. You know, uh, that's a little lower than, I mean, I want to see it close to 10. 
Um, is he a dink and dunk passer, or is he someone who can kind of stretch the defense vertically with his arm? They, I mean, they don't run a very vertical passing attack at Texas A&M from what I've noticed. I think it's more scheme than – I mean, they might be marrying scheme to his skill set. I honestly don't really know. But, um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that's just what the offense calls for. A lot of dump-offs to their running backs. You know, they've never had a field-stretching wide receiver when he's been there. I can't Well, they, they have one. They just don't they don't uh, that's use a good it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a they just good don't point. use it. <laughs> so – yeah, I just uh, he's just too inconsistent. That's my biggest issue with him. And and I, I agree with you. He makes some really good plays, but then I feel like a lot of times when you get into those key moments in the games, he just makes the wrong play. Like in uh, the bowl game against, they played North Carolina, right? Am I remembering that correctly? There was a, there was a couple plays that should have been intercepted or should not have worked out for him that just happened to work out for him that kind of turned that game in Texas A&M's favor. And I kind of feel like that's just his entire career. Like like you were saying, he, he makes those plays that they – don't look good, but they just work for him. It's not. I and I don't think that's going to work for you when you get to the NFL. You can't be a second late on your throws in the NFL. That's a, that's an INT for six the other way. So I, I don't even know if he. I, I think round three is probably his best bet to yeah. get drafted, and then at that point, I don't know if he's anything more than a probably a career backup. Like I don't know if he gets a shot like Jalen Hurts did with Philly because of the injury with Wentz. I would think it's going to be. Where, where they, they want to, I guess, take a shot and think that Hurts maybe could be a starter. I don't know if Mond ever gets that. Uh, two quarterback leagues in the third round. Are you going to draft Kellen Mond? Bruning? In the third round of a rookie draft? No. Yeah. No, 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 no not in this class. Two quarterback league? Mm-hmm. Two quarterback league even in the third round? Probably not. I've got him... I just had more. I've only got nine quarterbacks ranked right now that I think could be starters or backups in uh, in the NFL, and I have him last out of all of them. I have him nine. I have Newman and Ellinger as my other one above him just because I think Ellinger has got more poise in the pocket. And We'll, we'll save it when we actually talk about Ellinger, but I, I just think he's got a better chance to be a career NFL backup than Mon does. Like Mon, I think, probably got a little bit more talent than Ellinger, but he's too inconsistent where I don't see those inconsistencies in Ellinger's game. Austin, you mentioned Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak Prescott would have been a steal in the third round of a, a two-quarterback rookie rookie draft. You taking him in the th- mind in the third round? So I, I've never played in a two-quarterback league. I know that it like slightly bumps quarterback uh, value like even over a super flex league does. So I have a really hard time giving advice or like saying something on that and just looking totally stupid. I have a fourth round rookie grade on him right now, like for okay. dynasty leagues. And he's behind, he's behind those guys. You mentioned the only other guy I have ahead of him is Shane Bichele, who I have him and Shane and him and Ellinger and, and Mond like right together yeah. as three guys that I think are, you know, all kind of similar in terms of their chances of success. Well, someone who's going to go a lot higher than the third round in rookie drafts is Trey Lance Bruning. What are you seeing out of Trey Lance? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to get the the best quarterback of the evening here. Um, I will say that I, I was doing all my time studying up Desmond Ritter, and then today as uh, we were getting ready to do this episode, he announced to go back into the NFL, which I think was an overall good choice, but a little disappointed because I loved him. But Lance, uh, 6'3", 224. He was a three-star uh, coming out in that 2018 class. He was the 49th-ranked dual quarterback. So not even just the 49th-ranked quarterback, 49th-ranked dual quarterback. Not not a great rating, obviously, coming out of high school. Out of Marshall, Minnesota, he only received 
seven college offers, uh, the biggest one being from Boise State. Uh, but uh, as the story goes, Lance wanted to get an offer from Minnesota. He did not receive one, so he ended up going to North Dakota State in hopes of eventually transferring to Minnesota. The stats on him, so we ha- I had to pull everything from last year because if you guys did not know, he only played one game this year in North Dakota State opted out of playing this season, and then they came in and played one game. I think it was against Arkansas State, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, so all this is from last year, where he actually did all this as a redshirt sophomore. So 66.7 completion percentage, 27, uh, 88 yards for 9.7, uh, 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions, which is kind of the big thing that got him a lot of notice by everybody throwing 28 touchdowns with no interceptions, uh, 1,150 rushing yards with 14 touchdowns, 39 explosive plays in that year. Uh, deep passing, he struggled a little bit here, just 37%. He, he gets talks about having this really good deep ball, but really only 37% completion percentage. Just to compare that, uh, Jamie Newman, who – Uh, Felix talked about the beginning of this episode last year had a 47% completion percentage deep passing. And we just talked about how uh, Jamie Newman's not that good at passing the deep ball. So I think that kind of shows in comparison what Trey Lance did uh, last year, again, in FCS as well, not even FBS, but it was for 807 yards of 12 touchdowns. Uh, You know, he's, He's demonstrated excellent poise in the pocket, uh, especially when it collapses. He never seems to panic with the pressure, which I, I do like to see out of a quarterback. He'll slide in and out of the pocket, and obviously he's got that mobility, as I just mentioned, with the rushing yards to get out of the pocket and make plays happen with his legs. Uh, he does a lot of – very good at buying himself time. I actually like, for the most part, his pocket – or his footwork in the pocket, especially when it's clean. Uh, does uh, He's a legitimate threat as a runner for the defense. Uh, he's compact, quick release, very good functional strength, uh, which allows him to get plenty of velocity on his throws. I mean, he throws a fastball. He, he's got a cannon. Incredible arm strength. Um, I, I love the fact that one of the things Felix always talks about with Zach Wilson is being able to throw that, like, perfect ball on a dot from the opposite to the opposite side of the field. Lance did that multiple times last year. Um, And then again, I just mentioned he set the NCAA record for most attempts, 287 passes without an interception. So he obviously does a really good job of taking care of the ball. The things I noticed in watching now, I I watched five games on him um, from last year. I really didn't watch. I, I, I watched the Arkansas game live. It was, I think anybody who watched it will tell you it wasn't a great game for him. I just kind of threw that out. No real practice, nothing. It was just one of those things you go in cold, play a game. Uh, so I'm not going to take much into that game. So I went back to when he actually played a full season. Uh, his accuracy, as I mentioned with the deep ball, has been very inconsistent. With the clean pocket, as I mentioned earlier, his footwork is really good. But when people start to rush him, he seems to rush things a little bit, kind of get what I would compare to like that Baker, May- ba- Baker Mayfield happy feet, kind of dancing around, moving, moving, not really setting his feet and throwing. Granted, he's got the arm to kind of make up for that, but I do think in the NFL, those balls that he completed to some of those receivers wouldn't happen. I honestly don't think that would have happened in the FBS either. If he was playing at, say, a Minnesota, I think some of the defenders he would have played in the Big Ten or other conferences might have been able to make plays on the balls uh, there. Uh, and and he tends to miss high on occasion. That was kind of my biggest thing I noticed when he was missing players. He always seemed to throw high on them. So my summary on him is, you know, I think, in my opinion, he's actually the most intriguing quarterback in this 21 class. I know you guys like to use the the Konami code thing when it comes to quarterbacks. I think he is the best Konami code quarterback in this class with what he can do with his legs. Now, he's got the size, speed, athleticism, arm strength, and his moxie. I think he's a really good leader uh, from everything his teammates have said about him and just kind of the way he brought that team back in that Arkansas game as well uh, this year. What worries me, as I said, the stats he put up were all um, as a, as technically a redshirt freshman. He he 
sophomore year was this year, and he played the one game, and now he's already coming into the NFL, which I think is a massive jump because the FCS to the NFL is is not even a comparison. Everybody likes to talk about, well, Wentz did it, but Wentz was a starter for years at North Dakota State. He, he wasn't a starter for really just one, which is what Lance has been. Uh, I think Lance has the highest ceiling in this class if he can kind of put all of his tools together, get a good coaching staff behind him. But I also think he has the lowest floor. He's a guy who I think could end up being that top dynasty QB asset, or he could end up not even being a backup in the league because he's just not able to develop. He is a guy for me, I think is crucial. We talk about, you know, like a Zach Wilson coming out, may need to sit for a year. I do think even if he doesn't, Wilson could still be, you know, good in the NFL and good for fantasy. Lance is a guy I do not think should start at all his first year. I think he he needs to sit at least one, maybe even two years before he sees uh, the field. You know, that all being said, I think there's practically no way he makes it out of the first round. He's just, he's got the talents. I think he's going to show up to the combine and blow people away with his arm strength. He's going to test great. And some team is going to fall in love with him and be like, this is the guy that I can make my franchise quarterback. Uh, I put my kind of my two favorite landing spots saying that were Atlanta and Detroit because. While there is talks that Detroit might move on from Matt Stafford, I feel like if if Atlanta or Detroit drafts him to be the future, especially in the first round, you get that five years on him, obviously. Uh, and they've got two guys there that can easily play, I think, for at least two more years as you try to build up your franchise around Trey Lance and then in two years kind of unleash him and, and let him go. You know, whereas uh, the 2020 season was a boon for Zach Wilson, it was really to Trey Lance's detriment because we wanted to see – him get another season of development and we didn't see it. Um, but, but Trey Lance has outs. If he's not going to be the passer this year that you need him to be, he can still run the ball. I mean, we talked about Jamie Newman. Um, I think that you could, that, that Trey Lance can do some things that, that Cam Newton uh, can do. And he has the frame to take the pounding if he needs to. He has, he, he has the arm strength. We need to see him uh, be more consistent as a passer, but everything that you want in a quarterback Trey Lance has it. It's there somewhere. It's there somewhere. But can he develop to into an NFL player? We'll see. We'll see. I'm, you know, I just I was in a, a C2C startup and I took him in the third round. I had to take him on the NFL side and I took him in the in the third round um, because he has that Konami code. He Konami code. I think he does have a, a really high high ceiling. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I would like to see him used kind of like Ben Roethlisberger when Roethlisberger was a, a rookie quarterback getting a run heavy scheme and be very conservative with him as a passer and let him just see the game. It's going to be so much faster for him uh, going from FBS to, 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 uh, to the NFL. I mean, it's, uh, it's just, just crazy. Um, Austin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with pretty much all that. Um, I do think that the thing that he has going for him is I think he's just a naturally, he's a pretty conservative passer. Like you don't see him take a lot of risks. And I'm sure some of that was like their, their team last year was just so much better than everybody else in their conference or division or whatever it is that like, I'm sure the coaching staff was just like, just don't do anything stupid. And we're just going to go out here and stomp these guys. And he did that. Um, so I think that's going to be like that. That's going to benefit him over the next couple of years. I think he's been trained the past, you know, two years at, at North Dakota state to, you know, let your guys do what they got to do. You just go out there and be smart and don't lose us anything. And we saw how like Jalen hurts has gained all this fantasy value this year. Like if I'm to, I'm happily taking Lance late first or, you know, mid late first in a lot of leagues. If I have multiple picks, if it's like my only pick, I probably wouldn't spend it on him. 
but and then be happy to hope you know he gets a couple starts he looks decent at all and you can trade him for more than you spent for him so you got to love that even if he never becomes a long-term guy you know i don't know who the offensive coordinator there is at north dakota state but man i would really like to see whoever gets them uh gets uh trey lance run some of the same concepts that they do at north dakota state because they get players wide open i mean they 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 run everything they run shotgun they run under center but they do I, i i always see plays from north dakota state and i'm like Somebody needs to be watching what it is that they're doing. Um, so, I don't know. That. So, what would what would be kind of your guys' favorite landing spots for him? Because I know. Um, well, you gave two top ten landing spots. Yeah. And well, I, so I gave those two because I don't know. I don't. I'm, I know none of us are like massive ESPN guys, but I was listening to a podcast today that was talking about. I guess McShay dropped his newest mock either yesterday, Wednesday, one of those days. Did you guys see it? Mm-mm. I saw that he had Justin Fields going at 15, so he I didn't read the rest of it. But New England, he had Zach Wilson going to Atlanta right at four, and then um, he had Lance going ahead of him too. And I can't remember where he had him going to. And so that's why I was curious because I again we're, we're, we don't even know who Atlanta's head coach is going to be, so I can't say for sure that they're going to go Zach Wilson. But I think what, I think there's zero I, chance that that. Uh, Trey Lance gets drafted ahead of Justin Fields. I mean, you can't. You, you're going to draft it. T- take take Justin. Justin Fields has two uh, years of tape against Power Five competition. I just I can't see that. I can't. See well, that. so that's what I was going to ask you because I mean, obviously, we know where I stand on the Justin Fields debate. We're not going to do that here today, but. You you are you've been on Zach Wilson longer than anybody that I know, at least, and and you've been you've been pumping him up. So looking at what you've seen from him, obviously this entire year, as you mentioned, this was his big year. This is the year he really broke out. And what mm-hmm. you expect to see out of Trey Lance at the next level, who would you take? Do you oh, think I'll take Lance, Zach Wilson? I'll take Zach Wilson, Wilson because it starting multiple seasons matters a lot to me. I don't care how many how many tools you have. Um you know, but I want to see what you can do on the field and do it cons- and do it consistently because that's what we need to see in the NFL is to be able to do it game in and game game out. Austin, I listened to the podcast today. You still think Jalen Hurts is a sell? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. so you know what you've seen. You don't believe that what he can, what he's done, yeah, he's going to be able to do it consistently. So, no, as much as I like Trey Lance. um, I, I he's got he's a one year starter, man. I I wish that he would have gotten his twenty twenty season. Now, if he did, if we got to see him one more season, I'd be like, yeah, let's take him in the in in the top ten. Maybe he would be in the running to to be taken ahead of Wilson or be taken ahead of Fields. But no, I, I you know it's a risk factor. Uh, it's a risk risk factor, and there's just no way that I'm taking Trey Lance um, ahead of Justin Fields. Where do you guys have him ranked right now? Because that's the hardest part for me. I and I know you guys aren't as big of fans of Mac Jones as I am, but I have him. I have him at five right now. I've got Lawrence Fields. No, I take that back. I adjusted my rankings this morning. Fields, Lawrence, uh, Mac Jones, Wilson, and then Trey Lance. And Felix is rolling his eyes since we're not live. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not rolling my eyes. I well, I mean, kind of. But yeah. I don't. I mean, I don't have. I need. I need to start doing rankings. Um, but I would put Trey Lance at four because I just think that his ceiling is so much higher than Mac Jones is. And I just don't know, you know, as good a season as Mac Jones um, had this year, I don't know that I see an NFL starting quarterback in him. I see that in Trey Lance. It's just a matter of he is he going to be able to put it together. 
So I, I still have him third, okay. but but in, like I I haven't I've only watched one full Zach Wilson game and then some other clips. I haven't sat down and watched Zach Wilson yet. So that could change. But um, yeah, I, I have him third for right now. It's a pretty big. I mean, it's it's a huge drop off from two to three. But but yeah. All right. So my last question on Lance for you guys, and then and then I guess we can we can wrap it up. Um, with us all saying that we probably he probably needs to sit for a little bit, then where would be his ideal landing spot for you guys? I said I, that was kind of why Lean did land in Detroit because I think they both have quarterbacks that that he could sit behind. But if you know Todd McShay's right, I want to say McShay had him going to. It may have been San Francisco. I don't remember, and I, I don't. I guess I can go pull it up. But where where is a place that you guys would like to see him go that you think he could get the shot to sit, even if it's just for a year? See, I don't think that he's a top. I don't really think he's a top fifteen pick. I just don't. Um, and so I see him in the middle or the end of the so, first round. So after top 15, you're looking at teams that likely need quarterbacks, Washington, Chicago, Indy, which Indy I know is where he had Mac Jones going. Uh, mm-hmm. Indy, uh, I guess technically Tampa Bay. I mean, Brady's probably only going to be there for one, two more years. Then you've got Pittsburgh with Big Ben kind of on his way out, New Orleans with Drew Brees Why can't on his he go way out. Home? Why can't he go home to Minnesota? Man, they got a lot of money tied up into Kirk Cousins. I mean, I don't think it'd be a bad pick, but it, it, and he would be able to sit for a couple years. Yeah, I would. I would I mean, take him in Pittsburgh you, in a heartbeat. You, you would take him in Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, I mean, if he was there at our pick, or if you know, if he fell to, you know, Pittsburgh projected twenty eighth. You know, whatever happens in the playoffs happens. But yeah. I mean, if that's where we end up picking, and he's there at like twenty two, twenty three. I think at that point you have to start thinking, you know, let's let's bump up and grab a guy here. Would you yeah. give up your next year's first round pick to move up to get him? No, I wouldn't go that far. I think if you're going from twenty eight to twenty three, you don't have to do that. But I wouldn't do like what they did a couple years ago, where they traded up to get Devin Bush. Like I wouldn't make that big of a jump personally. Um, okay. Well, where do you guys think? Do you think he's the last one drafted? Because I mean, obviously, I think if Mac Jones goes out there, everybody's projecting him to go out there and just like destroy Ohio State, right? On Monday, so well, this podcast will drop on Monday. So tonight, I'll just say tonight. Um, if he goes out there and does that, I mean, it seems the consensus is going to be Lawrence Fields, Wilson, whatever. Those three are the, seem to be the top three. Nobody else is really getting put in that group. It's those three at the top, and then there's a lot of people who who like Mac Jones. There's a lot of people who don't, and and I haven't seen a whole lot of talk on Trey Lance. And again, I think some of that is as because we've been talking about he sat out the whole year. I think that. Buzz will come once he goes to the combine and lights it up. But do you think that there's a shot that he's that fifth guy drafted? Because everybody's saying they think five quarterbacks will go. Yeah, I think the there's round. a chance that he's that fifth guy drafted, but he can be taken in like the Teddy Bridgewater range or the actually the Drew Brees range, which is the top of the second. I don't think any fan base that gets Mac Jones is going to be like, yes, we got Mac Jones. You know, but you will feel that way about the top um, four quarterbacks. So, hmm. all right. Anything awesome. else? Got anything else? No. All right. All right. We'll see you next time on the Debbie Debate Draft Profiles. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Bruni, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Got to get my popcorn out here. Hold on. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name. One, Zach. F. 
Wilson. It is first and goal. Ball spotted just inside the 10. Algier in. Wilson faked it to him and keeps it. Zach Wilson, the speed, and he dives for the end zone. Touchdown. That's Austin Nace. Gibbs, who is probably going to be the best pass catcher out of the three. Down. First down, he's going to get after it again. And look at the speed and the spark and the score from Gibbs. Just what Georgia Tech needed. That's Matt Bruning. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I waxed poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Austin, you tweeted something, bro. You tweeted your running back rankings. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Ohio State fan talking there. Oh, shit. That is why you come to the Debbie debate. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.